Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And Happy New Year! Welcome to 2021 and our first episode of the year number 19. Talking about being a hero for the birds by becoming a citizen scientist. Which, what does that really mean? And how can you be one? Yes, we'll talk about some of the tools to be a citizen scientist for the birds, as well as some really neat projects and processes to help you along the way and and to help science along the way as well while you watch the birds. Plus, we have the simplest, easy, most accurate way to identify birds from your own backyard and even all the way out into the field, wherever you are, wherever you live or traveling, and it's a free app. So we'll talk about that. It's free. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. We also have a fun kids activity we'll be talking about with the end of this episode that pertains to citizen science. So stick around for the fun. Okay, Brian, welcome to 2021. All right, brand new year. I never thought it would get here, did you? <laughs> well, after last year, it was, it was, it was interesting. I, you know, I was hoping it was going to turn around the corner here. Yeah, we're getting right into the heart and soul of the what I would call the citizen science uh, time in regards of a lot of different projects going on that people can participate in and help scientists. But I think uh, you know one of the things you and I have talked about is that I don't think a lot of folks maybe really understand what it means to be a citizen scientist and maybe don't even feel like they're qualified right, to right. help out on these projects. So that's why we're doing this podcast today is to kind of talk about that and reassure everybody that you can play a role in really being a hero to the birds. And, and what do we mean by that? And bottom line is the more data that we have about birds and we understand their movements, their population trends, et cetera, et cetera, the more scientists can make, you know, science-based decisions on what conservation activities to pursue and to, to do. And so having that data from all of us really gives them an edge up on making those decisions. Oh, it does for sure. I remember when, you know, citizen scientists, that, that phrase that term started coming out and in some ways it kind of strikes fear into people <laughs> like you were talking about. And there are a lot of ways it's to, to give back and to participate in it. We talk a little bit about, you know, bird banding in the past. Bird banding is definitely one of those ways, but that's a very specific and very involved process of getting a license to be a bird bander. And like, yeah. like you went through that whole process and, and you're still, you're still licensed. You're still doing it. But other things like breeding bird surveys, uh, that's that's a way that we're collecting data and information about birds. But it's you really have to understand bird identification visually, but also it really helps to be able to to identify the birds audibly from their calls and songs when you're doing a breeding bird survey. So some of those are a little bit more technical, right? <laughs> I, I think we're already scaring people off here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it actually really can be very simple from just yeah. watching birds in your own backyard. Yeah. And then it's the really simple, easy way of just ticking boxes. Yeah. And then you submit that online. It used to be we would submit it on a piece of paper and then send it in somewhere like Cornell Lab of Ornithology if we were doing like the Great Backyard Bird Count. 
or project feeder watch, or there's a whole new nest watch thing you can do. Um, yeah. But now it's really simple. Wherever you are from your back, watching birds in your own backyard, from the comfort of your home, or even traveling anywhere in the world, you just tick boxes on an electronic scenario, whether that's an app or you go online and you enter information into eBird. Yeah, well, let's pop right back and cover some of these things and let people know how to do it. One of those really effective ways, one of those tools you can use is eBird. And we've alluded to eBird in a number of our different podcasts. Um, eBird's really actually a very simple tool to utilize. You can go online and, and fill out eBird or you can use it um, as an app you know, on a phone or a tablet. And John, you and I have been using eBird almost since the inception of when it started. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing because you and I saw it, you know, when it first came out and watched it for a number of years. And we were kind of, we were kind of, I don't want to say skeptical, but we were, we were hesitant, if you will. We were conservative. Sure, sure. We didn't know if it was really going to reach a critical amount of data that would be valid, you know, that would actually lead us to be able to make certain decisions and and conclusions based on a, a, a large amount of data as opposed to small little bits of data. But you know what? It did. And boy, as soon as we felt like, you know, this thing is going to go someplace and really make a difference, you and I jumped on it very early on. Oh, yeah. And have been doing it ever since. And and it is so simple. It is really, truly so simple to do. And they have wonderful, if you go on the eBird, just do an eBird search on Google or whatever, and, and it'll bring you up. And they have tutorials. They have a nice little video that'll teach you all about eBird and how to use it and, and that type of thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the other thing that's fun for me is, I've used it for years. One, it, it keeps all my birding data. Mm-hmm. I love it for <laughs> which, that. Which is love very cool. I can go back and relive trips because it keeps all my checklists. I have hundreds and hundreds, as you do too, hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of checklists. And any vacation that I've been on and have been birding, I have checklists from all those places. And I can go back and look at a checklist I put in 10 years ago from southeast Arizona and relive that trip in those those different locations that I birded. If I want to go back, I know exactly where I want to go back to because I've got all these old checklists. It's a wonderful tool. It's fantastic. It helps me remember, too. You know, after so long in so many birds, we've seen hundreds of birds. Did I see that bird? And, and trying to remember, you know, because a lot of times you remember that first time <laughs> you saw that first species. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. sometimes... Uh, you start to forget, where did I see this bird? Uh, what other different places? Uh, one of the really cool things that I really enjoyed about not just travel lists, but my own backyard bird list. And just yeah. this last week, I added a brand new species to my yard list. And that was a sharp-shinned hawk. Nice. nice. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen sharp-shinned hawks over the years. But I got to have it in my backyard. And that was really, really cool. And to know tracking, you know, just... Entering my data, super simple. If I'm watching birds at the yard, I open up my eBird app and I just start tapping the different birds I see and how many I see. And, and then I just save it when I'm done watching. So it's, it's what a, a wonderful collection yeah. point. So all this fun, and yet what you're putting in there is so important to scientists to use for uh, determining different aspects of birds' populations, oh, yes. size, movements, all kinds of different things. That I just I think we've got a couple of examples, and one of the things that I found that was just fascinating recently, there's a study 
that use the eBird data. So, you know, literally all the data of eBird on 230 different North American migratory bird species from 2000, the data was collected from 2006 on eBird to 2018. So they've got this whole data set of all these birds and where they moved and everything else over the years. They then matched that to satellite imagery of North America as the spring moves north and greens everything up. And what they wanted to know was what correlation between the spring green up and the migration of these birds. What was the correlation? What was the the pattern, if you will? And, you know, most of us say, well, yeah, of course, when it greens up, the birds are going to head north, right? Well, they literally did. The match was dead on for those birds moving north and the time that you know spring was moving north and the and the, the the vegetation was all greening up. I mean, how cool is that? That is amazing. Yeah, we a lot of people, the naturalists, the birders who pay attention to the birds and nature and the the flowering of plants, this the greening up of plants, the insects that are emerging. We know these things anecdotally, but to now have hard scientific data is phenomenal because now we can use that as a litmus test or as a baseline. As we watch, the climate is starting to change more. We're getting more um, warmer seasons happening earlier and longer, at least in North America. And now we can start to, with that baseline of information, Will the, as a green up, we expect to change and happen earlier. Are the birds going to follow that pattern as well? Or yeah, will it cool. be more about day length? Because photo period, that day length that kicks those hormones into gear so that birds will migrate, whether that's in yeah. the spring or the fall. But if, we, <laughs> if that photo period isn't changing, but the warmth is changing... They're going to they're gonna know very quickly if the birds start getting out of sync. Right. So I think this is, you know, this is earth-shattering type data and, and science. And uh, all because people like you and I and anybody else who wants to mm-hmm. put a app on their phone and record at the birds in their backyard as they watch their feeders. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, just something that's that's simple and can just be an everyday, simple, easy thing. And it actually helps. Yeah. And, and then they have the, and then they do cool things like the trend maps. Have you the? Oh, the trend maps on the eBird <laughs> trend maps by species are phenomenal. Yeah. They're just mind yeah. blowing to look at. It is so cool. I've never had the time to watch all eight hundred and seven species that they've done. <laughs> I've watched maybe, a number of maybe, them, but nowhere, yeah, yeah. nowhere near that many. <laughs> but you know, if you if you've got a favorite bird or you're curious, you can pop that bird up and you can see exactly where it goes throughout the entire year. And what's cool about it, and Cornell is just amazing, just blows my mind what they do. They literally sent a, uh, and I think, Brian, you got one too. Didn't you get an mm-hmm. email I got from an email about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead. So they sent an email about if you have ever entered data into eBird, they sent you, here's how many of the birds that you have on your checklist that were utilized in that 800-some species. And so I had just under 400 species that data that I collected just by looking, going out and watching birds that was into that information. So that was really fun to see and to know, wow, I have Yeah, rookie, rookie. <laughs> I know. Come on, John. What was your number? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I had 456 checklists used, Brian. <laughs> but how cool is that? 
you know, literally, you know, you get an, an email that basically says, here's yes. how you helped us. In California, there is a blackbird called the tricolored blackbird. And anecdotally, everyone is starting to notice that the tricolored blackbird, seem, the population numbers seem to be dropping. And through the eBird data and Cornell Lab of Ornithology, taking that eBird data from just people watching birds in their backyard or going out birding, and then also with some biological survey data, they found out that the tricolored blackbird population in 10 years dropped by a third. And to think of a, an entire population of a species dying off by a third in 10 years yeah. is shocking. Yeah. It, it, to be, it's mind-blowing to think that's happening right now in our lifetime. Yeah. And to take that data... They then worked with the local government and the state of California approved basically a localized Endangered Species Act protection for them, for the tricolored blackbirds, uh, to try to stabilize the population and not just that, but hopefully bring that population back up to some normal numbers. So taking this data and doing some things locally is happening um, in all sorts of different parts of the country, as well as they're starting to do that around the world. That's somewhat the sense of urgency. Yes. Uh, that's why we are encouraging. That's why we're doing a whole podcast about it. Oh, yeah. It really is a chance to help make a difference, and there really needs to be a difference made. Definitely. Well, John, there's a great tool. It doesn't matter what level of bird watcher you are or, or what skill level you have for identifying a bird. Um, we talked about that simplest, easiest way to identify birds and, and mark them off, even in a list if you wanted, and having that in an app. And this app is free, and it's called the <laughs> Merlin app. If you're in your backyard and you see a bird and you're not sure what it is, Merlin app has two really amazing ways to help you. And the first one is... You can just do start a bird ID and it walks you through like five different questions that are very simple. Like, where are you? What kind of, what size is this bird from a tiny little warbler to a robin size, to a crow size, to a goose size? And then is it in a tree? Is it at a feeder? Is it on a fence? Is it flying? Is it on water? And then it will narrow down your options for you too. And you can select a couple of different colors on that bird. And it narrows down all the options, so no matter what color that bird species is, so if the male or female are different, it'll show you, if it's the female possibility, that's the bird it shows you. But then it shows you the different species, and you can pick from them. And if you find your species, you just click, there it is. Yeah. And then it adds it to your list. And it's amazingly accurate. You know, um, again, oh, there incredibly. Were, there, there were attempts to, attempts to do that kind of uh, data searching whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it you know it, it, many different apps were out there trying to do this and it took a while it, did. it took a while again to get it perfected but the, again the merlin has really got it down and it's very very accurate oh yeah punching the right the right information it's from the cornell lab of ornithology uh, you know john you and i are probably in this app every day I know. Uh, whether it's for work or or just for fun. This was another one. When it first came out, it was all right, you know, but there were a lot of other apps out there that I think you and I kind of went to more often. Yeah. But Cornell, again, they're probably going to put me on the payroll at this point, but... <laughs> 
But, you know, those folks are never satisfied. You know, they keep improving it, mm-hmm. improving yes. it, improving it. And it is just a remarkable app. And the fact that it's free is unbelievable. Oh, it's mind-blowing. And it's so easy to use. I love that Merlin app because, uh, number one, you can do different bird packs. Um, so it will only download, you know, small amounts of data to your, your phone or your tablet. And that's, so, so what's a bird pack? And a bird pack is going to be the birds for your region. And so like if you're in North America, you can do the Eastern Canada or Western Canada or the Midwest or the Southwest of the United States or the Eastern part of the U.S. So you can do just a small amount of birds on your phone that are specific to your area. Or they do have different regions in different countries worldwide. So if you travel, that's that's a really cool part because if you're traveling – you can download one of those packs too. If I'm going to the, this country, then I can start to look up what are those birds, what could I find, what kind of birds do I want to go after. But uh, you've done yeah, that. I've been very fortunate to be able to do a couple of uh, Central American birding trips. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's when Merlin came into its its glory because yeah, I was able to download the bird packs for like Costa Rica and take that app along and every bird I needed to look up or listen to the call or look at the range map, it's right at my fingertips with multiple photographs of each of those birds. So I can help, you know, identify it and look for different field marks and that type of thing. Just awesome. Well, that second way of identifying birds very simply with the Merlin app is photo ID. So if you Mm -hmm. can get even a, a sort of decent photo of that bird, whether it's from your phone and you put it in or you take it with a camera and then, take a a picture of that photo or however you want to get it onto the Merlin app, the Merlin app will then just automatically look up that bird after you put in it's, it was in this area on this date and it will narrow down your options and give you those options again. And then you can say, yep, that's my bird or no, I didn't, I didn't find it. And it'll try to help you find it. Again, Cornell has got it down. They've got a whole checks and balances uh, system of uh, metrics and, and algorithms and, and people yep. who will actually follow up sometimes and, and uh, check in on what you put down sometimes if it's a really, really unusual bird in a, in a given area. So, again, the data is accurate and viable and really valuable to scientists to use. cool things. If you've never done any of this type of citizen scientist, I'd ask you to consider the Great Backyard Bird Count. Yeah, there's some great things. And GBBC, Great Backyard Bird Count, is coming up in February, and now's a great time to talk about it so you can get used to some of these apps. Yeah, it's, uh, what, the 12th through the 15th of February. Yes. A four-day four period. And it really is simple. You just watch wherever you're at, whether it's in your own house, which most people do it in their own yard and house. But, you know, it, they, you can go anywhere. You can go to a park and, and count. You can go to a school and count. You can go just about anywhere. Uh, and, and you just simply take a snapshot, if you will. You you look at your feeders for 15, 20, whatever it takes, 15 minutes or, or more. And you just kind of take a snapshot of the largest number of birds at any one time. In other words, the species, the individuals. Like if I see three chickadees at one time and then they go away and I see two more chickadees. I don't have five birds. I have three. I I count the highest number at any one time that I see. That's all you do. So if I see three chickadees at a time, that's three chickadees. 
If I see two downy woodpeckers at one time and that's the highest number of downy woodpeckers, that's what I put on my checklist. Unlike and... your 21 downy woodpeckers that were banded, <laughs> as we talked about in uh, yeah, the previous there episode. You go. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. Uh, so it's really a very simple thing. And uh, because of that, you are, again, providing data uh, that shows scientists because this is the same weekend every single year and i think it started what back in the late 90s 1998 yeah Yeah. it started cornell lab of ornithology started it off in conjunction you know national audubon society and yeah we started doing that in the u.s and then uh, birds canada they came into the fold and now u.s and canada were really running with it and collecting lots of data and it started it's called great backyard bird count because it started with the idea of let's watch birds in our backyard so you now have a 20-plus year data set from the same exact weekend, second weekend of February, for 20-some-odd years. In other words, scientists can look at that and go, well, hmm, interesting. 20 years ago, we didn't have near as many cardinals. Let's just say that. 20 years ago, I didn't now look at the number of cardinals. And they can look into, and we didn't have that many of them up in New York State 20 years ago that we have now. And so... It's a matching data set, which for scientists is a baseline. They can compare it year over year and really understand the trends and and changes that are happening to our bird populations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, One of the really neat quotes, you can go on to the GBBC website, which is birdcount.org. You can also find the link in our show notes. But um, one of the quotes there, uh, someone from Wyoming said, we all need an incentive to get outside midwinter <laughs> and look for birds beyond what we can see from our window. And, uh, yeah, I definitely can appreciate that. You get into the dead of winter and you want to get outside more and connect with nature. And they went on to say, it's fun to see the little flashes of light on the map when you submit your counts. It's among thousands around the world, and we know that mm-hmm. our data matters. Yeah, what, 194 countries last year? Something around 27 million birds were counted. Yeah. And over almost 7,000 different species. It's phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal numbers. Yeah. But it's yeah. really cool because you can go to the GBBC website and they have a worldwide map because this count is now a worldwide scenario. And you can see on this map live blips right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. When anyone enters an eBird report and a little yellow ping will go boop. And what's really cool is then to watch that during the GBBC weekend of the 12th through 15th, mm-hmm. because, oh my goodness, it's just like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Well, and I have to say, Jim Carpenter, the founder of Wild Birds Unlimited, had a lot to do with the original concept of GBBC and, and getting it started. And Wild Birds Unlimited has been the sponsor since day one, and it's continuing to be the sponsor for Great Backyard Bird Count. So... Uh, we're thrilled to have that kind of role and be able to do that and, and support this kind of research. Most definitely. And it's really easy with GBBC to use some of the tools. Use your Merlin app or use your eBird app. Um, or if you don't have the apps, you can just go online and they walk you through how do you set up an account. It's free to set up an account. And how do you enter your data? And they have all the information to help you with all the tutorials, anything you would need. And all you got to do is watch your birds and tick boxes. So you're going to have a fun winter, folks. If you download eBird, download Merlin, check out Great Backyard Bird Count, you're going to up your birding and your enjoyment of this hobby and your enjoyment of birds a major amount.
So, John, we've talked about a lot of fun things today. We've talked about different tools and different citizen science scenarios. Now it's time for the kids' activity. I'm really excited about this one. Um, the kids' activity this time, I'm going to throw it out there. It's all about helping the kids or have the kids help you with a great backyard bird count that's coming up. And you can really have a lot of fun with this, you know, turn it into a fun activity or make it into a game because watching birds and tick marking boxes is kind of like a scavenger hunt or even a treasure hunt because you don't know what birds are going to be there and you can turn it into that kind of a game. You could even set it up, you know, guess, let's see who can guess the the number of species that we're going to find and whoever gets the closest could win a prize. You can just have some fun with it like that. Or while you're watching the birds, draw out the birds. What was your favorite one? Can you draw that bird in the, in this, or can you draw that bird in the scene of where we were watching the birds? Lots of different things you can do, but the whole point is get kids watching the birds with you and you can use the Merlin app. You can use that eBird app. Um, They're very easy to use like we've been talking about, but also show them the GBBC listings map where it's tracking all the eBird reports. Show kids that map before the Great Backyard Bird Count with all the little blips as people enter eBird data, but then also show them during that four-day time period, the 12th through the 15th of that map, to see all the lighting, all the little blips (laughs) popping. It's going to be so cool. The kids are going to love it. I mean, come on. Adults love it too, right? And to know it's almost like a video game. That's right. <laughs> and you can watch, you can enter your data while you have that page up and watch your yellow blip pop on that map and know I'm contributing to a global scenario to help scientists protect birds. All right, Brian, what do you think? John, we talked about a lot of fun things today with citizen science and how simple it really can be watching birds starting in your backyard and tick marking boxes like a scavenger hunt. And it's really easy. And you know that whatever you're entering into that data set, the scientists are going to be able to use that and, and know you're contributing. It's something that's bigger than yourself while doing something that's personal for yourself of just enjoying watching the birds. That's right. And you can, you can become geeks like Brian that's and right. I are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed uh, another episode of Nature Centered Podcast. Please join us next time when we are indeed going to let nature be our guide. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, Get out in your backyard and stay nature-centered.